It's so good to have you here this morning on this snowy Sunday. If you have a bulletin and you took one on your way in, I would encourage you to take out the note sheet, follow along, fill in some blanks if that helps you. And as Sarah mentioned, there's also an online version of that at faithlife.com slash Dunkirk Baptist. So as we started off this year, it's already February, we're still starting the year, and we are remembering our mission, why we're here, what's our purpose. We've talked about three main things as we've simplified our mission, to worship, grow, and share. The mission of First Baptist Church is to develop missionary disciples who worship God, grow spiritually, share the gospel, and their spiritual gifts. Last week, we talked about sharing the gospel. Did anyone have an opportunity to share the gospel this week as you talk to someone? That's something that we want to continue to pray about, continue to ask God in His leading and direction that we would be having conversations where our faith comes up, where our hope is clearly in the Lord, especially as we're talking about COVID and just everything else going on in the world around us for people to know why you have hope. So be praying for those opportunities. Today, as we continue that, we're talking about sharing not only the gospel, but sharing God's love with our community as we share our spiritual gifts and our abilities. So that is sharing in serving I'd like you to turn to Mark chapter 12 and follow along with me as I read these verses. They'll also be on the screen so you can see them there. Mark 12 verses 28 to 34. We talked about the Great Commission last week, that is sharing the gospel. And today we're talking about the Great Commandment. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus saw that he answered wisely and he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The most important commandment, as Jesus summed up, is to love God. And that's with everything you are, everything you have. Your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your body, your strength. It's active. It takes physical strength. We have to be doing something to love God. We love him by serving others. 
Jesus followed up the second great commandment is to love your neighbors as yourself. A few summers back, we had a sermon series called The Art of Neighboring. And we talked about loving our neighbors, our literal neighbors, not just someone you might pass or someone you wave to across the street, but the people around you, the people that God placed in your life. In verse 33, the scribe said, to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices we could make at the temple. He got it. The sacrifices were symbols. They were blood being poured out for forgiveness. But God is looking for more than just those sacrifices. He's looking for us to sacrifice something of ourselves, sacrifice our time, sacrifice what we have to share God's love with other people. How many people were here for that sermon series? If you weren't, you can find it on our website. If you search neighbor, the top, there's the little magnifying glass at the top right of the website, and you can find this sermon series. In your notes, if you flip over your note sheet, you're going to find a map. And I'm going to ask you to be interactive right now. Take out your map, literally take it out. Grab a pencil or a pen. The middle box is you and where you live. And this could be in an apartment building. It could be on a block. It could be in your condo, wherever you are. And see if you could write in the name of your neighbor across from you, to the right of you, to the left of you, immediately to your left and right. And then maybe even the people behind you. See how many neighbors you can write in by name, the people living right around you. Sorry? Uh, There's room here for eight. So if you know more than eight neighbors, that's great. I see people writing. That's awesome. We still have this on our refrigerator, and I keep adding to it as I walk the dogs and get to know new people around my neighborhood. This is something I'd like you to hold on to and think about these folks around you, to pray for them, to pray for opportunities to show God's love to them. And as we talked about sharing the gospel being a relationship, just to get to know people, whether it's finding out that it's their grandkids visiting or what their dog's name is or whatever is going on in their lives, get to know your neighbors. How many people were able to write in the name of one neighbor by name? I'm not talking about like middle initials and social security, just their first name at least. How many had two? Three? Four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody have eight neighbors? Awesome. That is so great. Jesus said, love your neighbors. And we show God's love by knowing them first. Last week, as we talked about sharing the gospel, so many believers don't take the time to get to know people, to know what they believe, and ask questions before we start sharing our faith, before we start sharing the gospel. Yes, that's important, but people want to be known. They want to be loved. They want to be cared for. For someone to know your name and say more than just hi neighbor, but hi Tom, hi Phil. I have bills on either side of me, so that's kind of easy. But to know our neighbors is important.
God also calls us to love other believers. God gives every believer spiritual gifts for the building up. The biblical word is edification of the church family. He brings people together with different talents, with different unique abilities, and each with at least one spiritual gift. Those are things from the Holy Spirit. Take a moment and look down your pew. Look at the people to your left and your right. The people around you have different gifts, talents, and abilities. And just like Julie was talking about those flip-flops going to Siberia, God knows who's going to come to First Baptist Church in Dunkirk. He knows that we need people with all different spiritual gifts and abilities. He knows that we need people who can help with different things in the church, different personalities. I have a different personality, and not everybody may get me. So it's really helpful that after hearing me in the morning that you can hear someone that you understand during Sunday school or someone that you connect with. As we were building our youth team, seeing different people, extroverts, introverts, people that can connect with all different kinds of people, and that's God's design for the church. Earlier, Kay read at the beginning of Romans chapter 12 that we're called to present our bodies as living sacrifices that are holy and acceptable. Jesus is our perfect example because he literally sacrificed himself. He gave his own body, his own life, his blood for you and me, for the whole world. What are you willing to sacrifice for your neighbors? What are you willing to sacrifice for your church members? Your preferences? I like this kind of music. I like that kind of music. I like the coffee hot and strong. I like the coffee drinkable and ready for me to just pick up and swig. I like this. I like that. Are you willing to give up those preferences and say, what is in it for me is not what is important. I'm here to serve. I'm here to share. I'm here to see other people growing in their faith, and I want to encourage them too. And if we're all doing that, then we're all going to be encouraged. We're all going to be built up if we're all doing our part. In verse 2, Paul said, renew your minds and your thinking. Your thinking needs to get off of yourself and to other people. Our mission is about having missionary disciples who are discipling other people, thinking about how can I help someone else grow? Who can I encourage by giving them a call and say, can I pick you up for men's breakfast today? Can I pick you up for prayer meeting? Not just are you going, but let me bring you with you. Come with me. I want to be with you. Getting our focus onto God's will and His purpose for our church, seeing it grow. Verse 3 warns us to not think too highly of ourselves, to be humble as we serve. And then Paul describes the church and its members as a body with different parts and different functions. You've heard this illustration before. If all of the members were an eye, then how would we hear? And if we had no feet, then how would we get anywhere, right? So each member, each part of the church is like a part of a body, each doing a different function that's necessary and doing the function that you're called to. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? 
They're given by the grace of God. And he says, when you serve, serve in faith. Serve generously. Serve with zeal. That's excitement. Are you excited about serving in church? When someone says, would you help in the nursery? You say, yes, I want to help in the nursery. I can't wait to be with those kids. That's awesome. Be excited about serving. No one wants to come in and have everyone look like, I have to hold the door. I have to do this. I have to do that. We get to do these things because of our love for God. Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another through love. Love is putting someone else first, wanting the best for someone else. So that's how we serve. I want to see you growing. I want to see you have your best Sunday. And I want you to grow closer to the Lord. How can I help? How can I be part of that? Your bulletin has all kinds of good things in it today. Another thing that I'd like you to take out is this little third sheet of paper that says share. Worship, grow, and share. We're sharing our spiritual gifts. We're sharing our ministry abilities. Again, this is the interactive part of the service. Grab a pencil, grab a pen. If you need one, raise your hand and we'll make sure you get one. What are some areas of ministry where you would like to serve? What are some things that you're gifted in? What are some things that the Holy Spirit has just made you to do? Working with our kids, working in communications, help decorating the church, making it beautiful and welcoming, working specifically in discipleship. We should all check that box. Helping with our facilities, caring for our church family, the people that are here, providing meals when someone needs it or serving someone at home. We love fellowship. We love to be together. Is that your gift Do you like to host and entertain? Do you like serving food, serving meals? Something new that we're going to be working on this year is called the Great Commandment Ministry, and that's serving our widows, single moms, and others, not only in our church, but our neighbors and in our community. Guest care, as people come in to our church for the very first time, it's a little scary. They don't know anybody, and everybody else seems to know each other. Guess what? There's more of you out there in that boat than you think there are. Not everybody knows everybody. So in two weeks, we're having an intro to FBC class that's on the 21st. It's going to be during Sunday school. It's going to go right through lunch. And you're just going to learn more about our church, what we believe, why we do what we do, and how you can get plugged in, how you can be growing, how you can be serving. We need folks to follow up with our guests. Things like the blood drive, volunteering to serve in our community, local outreach, encouraging our missionaries, helping Julie with Operation Christmas Child, special events like Trunk or Treat, Back to Church Sunday. We've got a great tech team, but sometimes they get sick. Sometimes they're on vacation. We need people to be trained and ready to step in and help out in some of those positions ushering, greeting, and seating people, worship. It's good to see so many people involved in Scripture reading. And if that's something that you'd be willing to do, talk to Sarah or check off this box. That's what it's there for.
If you'd like to help with music or drama or other things, check off that box. And then if you'd like to serve and work with our teens, that's another great area. Add your name, your phone number, and email address. And when we have this, we're making a list so that when we have an event, we know who to call. When we're looking for someone to help with guest hair, we know who to call. So please fill this out. You can complete it right now during the service. And Sarah has boxes, baskets. There's a basket in the back, and it's labeled as share. Okay, there's one up here and one downstairs. Okay, if you're online, you can email us. So we'd love to have you connect and serving in our church. I've found that my times in my life that I grow the most spiritually is when I'm serving, when I'm thinking about other people, and when I'm asking God to help me do something, maybe out of my comfort zone, or maybe learning that I have some abilities that I didn't know I had, being encouraged, serving, sharing with somebody else. So I would encourage you to do that. So I've been talking about spiritual gifts. I've been talking about talents and abilities. They are not the same thing. The spiritual gifts that I read, or that actually that Kay read in Romans, are things that are given by the Holy Spirit. And they're to build up the church. Talents and abilities are things that you might learn, that you can develop, like playing an instrument or fixing things. There's so many different talents and abilities, but they're not necessarily from God spiritually. So there's a distinction in those. Paul lists the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. He gives lists there, and then again in Romans 12, where Kay read. And the lists are not all the same. Each list includes spiritual gifts with also what we would call ordinary gifts, things that we can use practically in ministry. And the fact that there are different lists and they're not listed exactly the same every time gives us an indication that even these lists may not be complete and exhaustive. We could categorize them into three different groups. Gifts of utterance. And this would be wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, the discernment of spirits, teaching, and then speaking and interpreting tongues. And that word tongues is translated languages. So those are gifts of utterances, things that we say or share with people. If you don't get all of these down now, don't forget you can always go back to the Faith Life app or you can go to our website and the notes for the message are there every week. It's there in audio, it's in video form, and it's also printed out, something you can follow up with later. Gifts of practical ministry, helping, administration, serving, Comforting, contributing, giving aid, acts of mercy. Those all sound like things that we should all be trying to do. But as you start serving the Lord, you may find that certain areas just seem to just be natural. You know people that are just so great at comforting. They just put people at ease. They notice people's needs. They show mercy when someone is struggling. And those would be spiritual gifts. And then the last category 
would be wonder-working. And this would be healing, miracles, acts of powerful faith. The Bible clearly records miraculous signs and wonders in the early church. And they included things like revelation, speaking in different languages, interpreting those languages, healing, and other miracles. And we see that those gifts specifically were used by the apostles to authenticate their ministry, just as the prophets prophesied something, and if that prophecy came true, then you knew this person was speaking from the Lord. And the Bible clearly says if that prophecy does not come true in the Old Testament, that person would be stoned to death. They would be eliminated because they were pretending to have a message from God that was not truly from God. So as we look at those specific gifts, healing and miracles, does God still heal people? Amen. Yes, he does. Are there still miracles? Yes. We believe angels are watching and protecting us, and God in his sovereignty knows exactly what's going to happen to you at every moment of the day. But our church and many others believe that those gifts ceased with the apostles. And the definition of an apostle is someone who knew Jesus Christ firsthand. Someone who was one of his immediate followers and they were sent out. And as they were writing the books of the New Testament, they were clearly demonstrating that they were speaking from God. They were prophets. The gospel writers, Paul as he wrote the letters, Peter, John, All of those men were having their ministry authenticated by the gifts. So the position is called cessationist, and it means that those sign gifts ceased after the apostles. Doesn't mean, again, that God can't do any of those things, but he's not giving those gifts to specific people and saying, go touch people and heal them of their diseases because we're not writing new revelation. God's not giving us new prophecy and new revelation. It's all here in the Word of God. It's here in His book. It's an affirmation of what in Latin Martin Luther called sola scriptura, the Bible as a complete canon. The Bible alone is authoritative. It's inspired. It's inerrant. And many of what are considered charismatic churches, including health and wealth or prosperity churches, they're looking for a new revelation from God. They're looking for something exciting and different. And sometimes their pastors and leaders will say, in a vision, they met Jesus. So that makes them apostles in their book. And they can now speak from Jesus. They can speak new revelation. And as we read to the end of the book, It says, don't let anyone add or remove a single word from this book. This is the complete revelation of God. We have everything we need. So if I'm looking for new signs and wonders, to be excited about my faith, to prove that God is real, even Jesus said, you are a generation that is looking for something new. You're looking for signs and wonders, and you're not going to get it. Jesus came and he did heal people. He completed those prophecies, but he didn't do tricks. He didn't do things just to prove who he was 
And when they said, do a miracle for us, he said, nope, you've heard from the prophets all these years. And in scripture, we have all of the miracles that Jesus completed. There were people, eyewitnesses for all of those authenticating his ministry. This is devaluing the authority of God's word. When we say we're looking for something new, when we're saying, I want God to speak to me personally, I want him to tell me something, he does in his word. Are you reading his word? That's how he speaks to us. The Holy Spirit is helping us understand as we read. And when I read through God's word and say, God, show me, what I need to do. He's going to tell you exactly what you need to do. His will is clearly revealed in His Word, how we're supposed to live our lives. The question is, how do I apply that? When we say, well, which school do I go to? God, show me which school it should be. He's not always going to give us that clear direction and indication. But if we're following His will, if we're seeking after Him, we're putting Him first, He's going to guide and direct our steps, step by step. If you struggle with this category and this area of spiritual gifts, especially when it comes to these sign gifts, I would love to talk to you and take some time with God's Word to show you why I believe what I believe. doesn't mean that I'm discounting you or I think you're a bad person or anything else. I'm trying to stick to what God's Word clearly tells us. Serving one another. In the Greek, it's this word that is pronounced alelon, and it means of one another. The word for believers is of one another. We're not individuals, we are of one another. So even in the word that's used in the New Testament, it's talking about one another's. It's relational, it's a partnership, it's mutual respect and understanding. And it means that we are fellow believers with one another in the body of Christ. That's why it's really hard to be a believer who's outside the body of Christ. Jesus didn't mean for us to be lone rangers trying to do it on our own. He meant for us to live, to grow, to worship, to share, to serve in a body, in a family of believers. That's why we want to be connected to each other, and that's why we want to see other people connected. So throughout the New Testament, there are many, many one another's. And I'm going to share these with you. I'm going to tell you where they come from. You're not going to have time to write them all. You're not going to have time to get all the references. But if you go to the very back of your Bible, many of them have a concordance. You could also use one of the online apps. And if you type in or look up one another, it's going to list all of these references for you. I'm just going to share some of them with you. Be at peace with one another. Mark 9.50 Be devoted to one another. Romans 12.10 Outdo one another in showing preference and honor. Romans 12.10 also. Mutually build up one another. Romans 14.19 Welcome, accept, and receive one another just as Christ accepted you. Romans 15, 7. Instruct or teach one another. Romans 15, 14. Serve one another in love. 
Galatians 5.13. Bear one another's burdens. When you see someone struggling, come alongside them and pray with them. Go through that struggle with them. Bear each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2. Patiently bear with one another. That means put up with each other. You know, when you get to say in the church family, I just can't stand that person. I'm done with them. When do you get to say that? Never. We never get to do that because, thankfully, God never does that with me. Think about this past week. How many times could God have said, you know what? I've, I've had it. How many times have I given this person a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 20th, 300th chance? His love is never-ending. His love is faithful and true. That's what he's calling us to do as we love each other. Be kind, compassionate, and forgive one another. Ephesians 4.32 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Putting your own desires, putting your own thoughts, even your own ideas as second and saying, let's hear what you have to say. Esteem one another as more significant than yourself. Philippians 2.3 Encourage and comfort one another with eternal truths. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 and 5.11 When someone is struggling, do you just give them your good advice? Maybe something your grandma or grandpa used to say? Or do you encourage them with the truth? This is what God says. I know you're feeling this way, but what's the truth? What does God say about this? Strive to do what is good to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 Consider one another. How to motivate each other into love and good works. Hebrews 10.24 One of the translations says, Stir one another up to good works. Get that pot stirring. Get them excited about serving with you. Not just saying, why don't you go do that? Stir up their motivation. Get them excited about serving with, them, with you. Confess your sins to one another. James 5.16 What are you really struggling with? How could a brother or sister help you? Is there somebody who could be an accountability partner to just give you a call to check in and see how you're doing and for you to do likewise? Pray for one another. The prayer sheet is published online every Wednesday. It's on our Facebook family group. If you haven't joined that, make sure you join that group. It's different than our public Facebook group, which is for the whole world to see. But we share our prayer requests on a separate group. Sarah publishes it there. There's always copies at the Welcome Center. And then that's what we use on Wednesday nights as we pray for one another. Pray for loved ones that need to know the Lord, praying for people to be healed, praying for people to have courage and strength as they're going through difficult times. We know that everyone that we pray for does not get healed. Everyone we pray for does not get the promotion or whatever it is that we're seeking because we're relying on God and his will and his sovereignty to know what's truly best for that person. That's hard for us to accept sometimes. So when we pray, it's, if it's your will, Lord, 
heal this person. But in the meantime, teach them something great. Help them to be a testimony for you. Encourage them. Let people know you're praying for them. Be hospitable to one another. 1 Peter 4.9 1 John 1.7 Have fellowship with one another by obeying God. That's what connects us is the Holy Spirit indwelling us and saying we're trying to obey God together. These are all commandments. They're all action verbs. They're things we're supposed to be doing. So when we say, I just don't love that person, that means you're choosing to not do these things for that person. It's not a feeling in your stomach butterflies that say, ooh, I want to be nice to that person. I'm going to forgive that person because I feel queasy. That's infatuation, right? That's where we start out as kids, liking someone. But loving one another is saying, I'm going to do this because God has loved me so much. Our motivation for loving, for serving people is Jesus Christ. As we celebrated this morning in communion, he sacrificed absolutely everything. His position in heaven at the right hand of the Father, his godness to come and be God and man, to struggle on earth as a human, to go through the trials and the temptations that we face just so that he could be a perfect intercessor. That when we pray, we can say, Jesus, I know you know what this like. You know what it's like when your friends bully you, when they turn their back on you, when they talk behind your back. Jesus, you know what that's like. You know what it's like to be hungry, to be physically abused, and yet you continued to follow the will of your Father. You continue to obey Him, to worship Him with everything. We come to Jesus with all of those things, and He says, bring your burdens to me. Bring your worries to me. Cast them all on me because I care for you. We serve one another. We show love to our neighbors, not to be a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout, not to be the nicest guy on the block, to show God's love, to show how we've changed. So if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never brought Him your burdens and your worries, if you've never brought Him your sins and said, I need forgiveness, repenting of your sins and trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is the first step to knowing Him. So I'd encourage you, whether you're online, whether you're downstairs or you're right here in the room with us, come talk to me after the service if you want to know him and begin a new life. If you've already done that, what should we do? We should sacrificially love one another, just as Christ loves us. As people come through our doors from our community, they should know that we are his followers by our love for each other. We would think it would be our love for them. That's a great testimony. But Scripture tells us that they will know that we're followers of Jesus by our love for each other. To not be a church that's known for internal strife, to not be a church that's known for getting rid of people when we disagree with them, 
to not be known as a church for judging and hating our community, hating the world, but one that's known for love. In God's name, not just love for the sake of love, but love to say, this is how much God loves you. I want to share some of that with you. Are you sharing God's love, serving your neighbors and others in his name? And do you know where to get involved here at First Baptist Church? If you took the time to fill out this form, not this one, yes, this one, fill out this form with the check boxes, drop it in one of those baskets, you're not going to get called tonight. It might be tomorrow morning. We just want to know how to help you plug in because that's when you're really going to grow and be excited about your faith, when you're sharing God's love, when you're serving others. And it may be something that you do every week. It may be something you do once a year. But get plugged in and get serving. Every member of our church should be serving in some area of the church. And I say every member because that means you've committed and say, I want to be part of this body. I want to be a member. Those of you that aren't members, we love you being here. And you can still serve and share in a lot of different ways. But if you said, I want to be part of this team, that means you're going to do something. You're going to serve and share somewhere. Ask God to show you where. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, ask God. Ask your family members. Ask your friends and say, what do you think are my spiritual gifts? What are, what are the things do you think God has put into my personality, my drive, who I am? And how can I serve him with that? And if you still don't know, come talk to me. Talk to one of the deacons and we'd be happy to pray with you and talk through that with you and see where you can be serving, where you can be sharing. That's what we want to do together as a church family, not only in this coming year, but in the years to come. I always forget that this is my onward and it's your backwards. So years to come that way, infinity and beyond, right? It's that way. Okay. Share your love for God by sharing your love with your neighbors your love for our church family. Mark's going to come. We're going to close in a song. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for making it clear what we should do as followers of you, that we should love our Lord, our God, with all of our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our passion, and we should love our neighbors. We should love each other in the church. We should serve and share the love and the gifts that you've given us with those around us. We thank you, Lord, for our salvation. Thank you for loving us so much. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for everyone so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints in heaven. Amen.